everyone, this is um, episode 7 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host, Jess Robinson. And the last episode, I forgot to tell where to go on the daily reading. And um, if you want to pause this podcast after the I give this daily reading and get all caught up, then that's fine, and, and start back up. So our daily reading was Genesis chapter 14, verse 1, through chapter 16, verse 16, and then Psalm chapter 5, um, verses 7 through 12, and Proverbs 1, verses 17 through 19, and Matthew chapter 5, um, verses 17 through 48. And so continuing on with the, the book of Genesis, um, we see that Lot is carried off um, after um, Abram and him depart. There's a war that ends up happening and Lot ends carried off. And Abram goes after him and succeeds. And then Abram gives a tenth of everything to Melchizedek, king of Salem. And the the deal with Melchizedek, from what I understand, some of the theories I have heard is that he was a... It, Mel- Melchizedek wasn't a, a name, but a title. Um, and we'll talk more about Melchizedek when we get into the book of Hebrews. Um, and you see that Abram, you know, he doesn't take anything um, from the king of Sodom. And he just gives everything. And one of the things about the the king or uh, with Abram is that he is tithing and it's a form of tithing and actually tithing um was found with the the Chaldeans and that is where Abram came from was the Chaldeans as we see in, in our reading and so this is probably where it came from and tithing you know today for us is giving a portion back to the Lord um, 10% is, you know, about generally what is the standard, but really it's about the heart, you know, when it's, it's giving. And so the Lord looks at our heart when we are giving our tithe and, um, it's an act of faith because everything that we have is the Lord's anyway. And he just asks for a small portion back. And so that is what Abram um, does is he just gives back and um, and we're to do the same thing. And, you know, it's just neat, you know, all my life, me and my husband have been tithers and my grandmother was a tither and I just saw how the Lord worked in her life um, when she tithed, you know, and that was a big testimony to me that that the Lord is a provider. And there were times that her and my grandpa would have these bills due and um, she had given her tithe and the Lord would just provide the exact amount of what was needed. And so, you know, and it's happened to me and my husband. And so we, our relationship with the Lord just has deepened as we have tithed, knowing that he is our provider. And, we see that him giving back, Abram giving back everything, 
you know, a tenth of everything um, and not taking anything from the king of Sodom, it's saying that he's depending on God alone for his provision and, and giving God the ability to um, work in his life. So after this great victory, um, we go into chapter 15 and we find that Abram becomes troubled and fearful. And we see that God um, comes and he reassures Abram that he is Abram's shield and reward. Um, Abram then is honest with God. And that's the thing about our relationship with God is we can be honest like Abram was. And he lets God know that he has no descendants and that he's pretty much going to adopt one of his servants and that will be his descendant to take on all that he has. And the Lord rejects that idea and reminds him that the heir will come from Abram. And sometimes that's how we are is we get this vision or a promise from God and we get a vision of what we think is God's vision, but he reminds us all the time that this is, you know, what his true vision, what his promise is for us. And so in that chapter, he talks, there's a new covenant and, you know, we see in this new covenant that, you know, the Lord ends up, you know, generally when a covenant was made, both parties would go in between the the animals, the, the pieces of the animal that were cut up, but not Abram. He doesn't go in between. It, it's the Lord, which means it's, you know, the Lord taking on this covenant and and that he doesn't require anything from Abram other than obedience and faith. Um, and kind of going back a little bit when, um, with this, when God reminds Abram that this descendant is going to come from him, Abram, you know, he ends up believing and it was credited to him as righteousness. And we see righteousness and, and faith, um, together for the first time in, in the Bible. And, you know, that's a huge part of our walk with the Lord is just standing in faith. You know, righteousness is being, you know, having a right heart attitude towards God and, you know, wanting to to obey him because of our faith in him, because of our love for him. And we're going to see that, you know, talking about that with the law and, you know, and Jesus coming to fulfill the law. So that ends up happening. And, um, the Lord also during this time prophesies to Abram about his descendants, that they're going to be foreigners in a country that they don't know. And they're going to be enslaved for a period of 400 years. And we end up seeing that done through his descendants, the Israelites in Egypt, and with the story of Moses that we'll, we'll deal with later on. Then we move on to chapter 16, and we see that, you know, Abram and Sarai, his wife, that they don't trust in the Lord's timing. And, you know, Sarai is the one that initiates this and says, you know, you know, the Lord is keeping me from having kids. So sleep with my maidservant Hagar and, you know, you're, 
this promise is going to be fulfilled through this child. And Abram doesn't, you know, tell her no. He ends up sleeping with Hagar and she gets pregnant. And we see that Sarai ends up mistreating Hagar. Um, and, and Abram condones it. And um, what ends up happening is this is not condoned by the Lord because, and the son ends up being called Ishmael and he was a product of human effort. And we can, re- you know, take into account that we, we ourselves could do the same thing. We can relate because when we have a promise from God, we're such in a society of, you know, we have to have it done right now and it has to be right now. And however, our timing is not the same as the Lord's timing. And sometimes, you know, when we take things into our own hands, um, we need, we can make things worse and it ends up not being God's product. It's kind of like when, you know, you're, you're awaiting your Christmas present, you don't get your Christmas present early because you're not going to cherish it just like you would when you open it on Christmas day. And, um, so this wasn't God's product. He, Ishmael was human effort and, you know, God wanted Abram to trust him in his timing. And that's how we should be is when we have a promise from God, when we're waiting for a healing, when we're waiting for things, um, situations to change, we need to trust in God's timing and listen for his voice and not trust in our own efforts to, to get through this because we want to be able to give God the glory, not ourselves. And so that's pretty much it for Genesis. And, um, I mean, he, and we continue on into the book of Matthew and Matthew, um, the reading was continuing the, the sermon on the Mount and these sections is, you know, we see that Jesus is talking about a lot about attitudes and first he talks about the fulfillment of the law and what it is, is Jesus wasn't there to, to abolish the, the law that was established in the Old Testament. He was there to fulfill it. And, you know, to this day, you know, there's certain things with the law that we still, that are not binding anymore, such as we don't have to sacrifice lambs and, and, doves anymore because that was fulfilled through Jesus. That sacrificial system was was fulfilled. You know, we have the blood of Jesus, but it was the moral code, you know, such as honoring your mother and father, not murdering, not committing adultery, not stealing, you know, those things that, you know, the moral obligations is what Christ came to fulfill. And those end up being, you know, a part of our, our life. And we end up, you know, in a relationship with our father, as we love the father and, and walk in faith with him, we end up fulfilling that law through the work of the Holy Spirit and not, you know, not standing, you know, not 
believing that just doing these things is what brings salvation. But, but because we are saved, we don't want to murder. We don't want to steal. You know, we want to love our neighbors. And so that is what he was talking about with the fulfillment of the law. And then he talks about attitudes that we have that, you know, it's not just, you know, the sin of murder and adultery that, you know, if that are just bad, but it's attitudes, you know, that we may have. And like with murder, he's not talking about righteous anger at injustice. You know, we can be angry at something for the right, for the right reason, you know, that, um, we can be angry at injustice of people who are being corrupt, you know, who are being, you know, not given food in, in humanitarian crisis. We can be mad at that, but that's what he's dealing with. But he's talking about contempt and bitterness. When we allow contempt for somebody to fester in our hearts, it's about as worse as murder. And it can actually lead to us harming people if we allow anger to control us. Adultery is the same way. You know, you don't have to just commit the act of adultery physically, but you can lust after somebody in your own heart. You know, that's what is so bad about pornography. It's lusting after something that isn't there. And it actually brings a lot of lies and deceit about what, you know, sexual intimacy is and and what a relationship is. And so he's he's talking about that attitude and and then he does talk about divorce. And I'm not going to go into detail with divorce today because um it it gets talked about later on in Matthew chapter 19 and I'm going to reserve it for that day. Um but I just do want to say with people who have went through a divorce or um you know don't let this verse say that that you're that you're not saved and that there's there's no point of return for you um we'll talk about it more but don't let this label you that that you're a divorced person i mean my parents were i came from parents that had gone through divorces and like my mom had gone through a very abusive relationship and she got out of the relationship for the safety of her kids, um, which is my half brother and half sister. And she did what she had to for their safety. And she was labeled in a um, church as a divorcee and it, like, like she said they were treated like lepers in a way. So don't let that, you know, title, you know, define you. If you are saved and you have a relationship with Christ, stand on that identity. And so we'll talk about divorce, you know, and I do stand that, you know, marriage is between, you know, when we're married, we're one flesh and that the Lord doesn't desire divorce, but we do live in a society where people, where divorce is easier to, to, is easier today than it was years ago. And so we'll talk about that in upcoming episodes, but I just want to encourage people to, to not let that define them. 
and not let this verse scare them to the point they don't want a relationship with Jesus. He also talks about oaths, having an attitude of just saying yes or no and not making promises and, you know, like that you can't keep. Just learn to say yes or no. And then finally, he talks about um, eye for an eye and it connects with the um, with loving an enemy. And he's not speaking against the administration of proper justice towards those who are evil, but he's referring to loving an enemy, and that when we we when we are wronged, we're not to act in a spirit of hatred and revenge. We're to act in a way that shows we have values that are centered in Christ and his kingdom. And because of those values, it might lead the person who wronged us to the Lord. Um, for example, we saw last year a, a, a young man named Brant Jean and his brother, Botham Jean, um, was, was killed um, by a police officer. And this police officer named Amber Geiger was being sentenced and she, you know, he, um, Brant came up and said on TV and in front of a bunch of people at this sentencing hearing and in front of a judge that, you know, he forgave her and that he loved her. And he actually, and he didn't wish evil upon her. He actually went up and hugged this, this woman that killed his brother. And, you know, there was tears in the courtroom and it, it sparked the debate about forgiveness, but even the judge was, you know, impacted it by it and gave her Bible to, to Amber Geiger and, and gave her scripture, you know, or a book to start with in the Bible. And I mean, Amber was, she would still receive a 10 year prison sentence. She didn't get a slap on the wrist and said, here you go. You know, there was still grace and forgiveness, but Amber still has to, you know, serve the sentence that she's serving. And, but, you know, in my heart, it's like, it speaks that volumes that this Amber is probably going to be a changed woman for the rest of her life because of the actions of Brandt and even this judge. And so that's something, and you know, I know a couple of episodes I was on the fence about capital punishment and my heart, like the Lord, this is what's great about having a relationship with the Lord. He will speak to you and things. And even after this episode, he's been speaking to my heart and you know, I'm not really for capital punishment because of the evangelist part of me that wants to see people who are saved. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of reserving more that we need to give, you know, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have to pay for the crime, but I feel like they should be able to give it, be given a chance at, at, at life in, to serve Jesus, even if it's behind jail or behind prison bars. Um, so that's pretty much in the book of Matthew. And then finally in Psalm five, um, 
we see that David is persistent in prayer and he can't live without it. Um, and it's something that we, you know, should relate to with prayer and that it should be so, our relationship with the Lord would, would be so close that we can't live without praying to him. And that he talks about in the morning and we should be in that attitude of orienting our lives with God because it will cause us to, um, you know, to have better actions and reactions to our day. And so I, I just want to challenge people with that and, and waiting in expectation for our prayer, you know, for prayers to be answered, not, you know, sitting there and moping, you know, we should be waiting in expectation for prayers. And that was the part of Psalm 5 I really wanted to emphasize. And, um, and that's pretty much for today's episode. Um, for the next reading for tomorrow's episode, um, just read Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 through chapter 18, verse 33, Psalm 6, verses 1 through 7, Proverbs 1, verses 20 through 22, and Matthew chapter 6, 1 through 30. I uh, hope you have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.